Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you. Thank you because you watch over us as individuals, as families, and as a church. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. The good work you are starting in our lives will perfect in the name of Jesus. On the 1st of January 2024, none of us will be found wanting. Every one of us, Father, will fulfill destiny. And will fulfill it gloriously. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. Let's... I want to pray for someone here today. You will finish well. I say you will finish well. The theme of our prayer retreat for the last the three days of the year, December 28, 29, and 30, is what? Finishing well. And you will finish well in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We read it last week. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass. Luke 11 verse 1. That as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And we emphasize the fact when we started last week that Jesus prayed. And his disciples saw that he prayed. And he did not just pray, he prayed with results. And we gave some examples of what prayer did in the life of Jesus. And so we said, because of what they saw in him, they came to him and said, ah, Jesus, do what? Teach us to pray. But they did not come to him while he was praying. They came to him when? After he had prayed. When he ceased, they did not interrupt his prayer life. They allowed him to pray, and then he came and said, teach us to pray. And he began to teach them. And so today, we want to continue looking at that topic, Lord, teach us to do what? To pray. By emphasizing the fact that prayer can be taught. That's what the prayer can be taught. And that's very important. The learning of prayer is not a classroom activity. It's not theory. It's not theory. It's something you apply yourself, your whole body, your whole being to. What does it mean to teach? To teach is simply, by my own definition, I don't know what the dictionary says, is to impart knowledge onto another. So teaching is simply knowledge impartation. Many of us will remember when we were growing up in our schools, we have motto. And the school motto is what? Knowledge is what? Knowledge is power. And it's true. The Bible says, my people perish. For what? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge brings death. You will not die in Jesus' name. You will live in the name of Jesus. And you fulfill divine purpose in Jesus' name. So prayer can be taught. And for anybody to learn in the prayers of teaching, 
the person must make up his mind that he wants to learn. You know, one of the things we learned in our workers' meeting is that you must be fat. And what is fat? Anybody wants to help us out? F-A-T. Faithful, available, teachable. So when I say you must be fat, I'm not saying go and start eating. Uh, the uh, you must be faithful. You must be what? Available. And you must be teachable. Those three things are essential in order for you to be taught. In order for you to be taught. So we want to look at a few things about the teaching ministry of Jesus before we get to the point of saying, teach us to pray. And the first thing we want to take note of is that Jesus taught with authority. How did Jesus teach? He taught with authority. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 to 29. Matthew 7, 28 to 29. After the sermon of the, on the mountain, the people acknowledged that uh -uh, this man does not teach like one of the scribes of Pharisees. He taught with authority. And not as the scribes. That was very important. Now, after the teaching session from Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7, and then what these people acknowledge, he now demonstrated that authority. When you go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, Matthew 8, 1 to 3, Matthew 8, 1 to 3, the Bible says, when he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. You see, brethren, when you come to church, and we are worshiping God. Please worship God. Tell somebody, please worship God. In the process of worship, you receive your touch. You receive your own, I mean, uh, impartation for the day. It doesn't matter what the pastor says or does not say. God can touch you at that point in time. This man came and worshiped him, saying, If thou will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Brethren, Jesus is still willing. Amen. Tell me, Jesus is still willing. He's still willing. I will be thou clean. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And that's very important. His leprosy was cleansed. Whatever stands for leprosy in your life today, the Lord will touch it in Jesus' name. The leprosy in somebody's life here today is what they call body odor. That's what the Lord is dropping into my, into my mind now. God will give you a testimony. I don't know who that person is, but beginning from this day, you are going to just realize that it has gone. I say it has gone. And it is gone in Jesus' name. In Mark chapter 1 verse 22, the Bible says they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And when you go further, he demonstrated his authority by casting out an unclean spirit. When you now go to Mark chapter 1, from verse 23 to 27, he said there was in their synagogue, Mark 1, 23, a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, verse 24, saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of Israel. These people are too fast for me. Amen. 
And Jesus rebuked him saying, Hold thy peace. Come out of him. I'm going to verse 27. And when the unclean spirit had turned him, take note of that. It had turned him and cried with a loud voice. He came out of him. Verse 27. And they were all amazed. Insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority. Tell somebody with authority. Commanded he even the unclean spirits. And they do obey him. What is an unclean spirit? What is an unclean spirit? An unclean spirit is a demon. It's the spirit of sexual sin and impurity. I want to talk of sexual sin and impurity. What do we mean? Because it's, we can just mention that and just fly away from it. But there are some things that constitute sexual sin and impurity. And I'll mention a few of them. It's not, I mean, I can't mention all. But a few of them are fornication, which is sexual uh, sin between unmarried couples or unmarried individuals. Adultery, sexual sin between married individuals. Pornography, watching of, uh, uh, I mean, sexually explicit magazines and watching on TV and all that stuff. Use of sex toys is a sin. It's a, tell somebody it's a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. Tell somebody it's a sin. Lesbianism is what? It's a sin. These are things that the Bible calls sex, I mean, calls un, they, they, they open the door to unclean spirits. So these acts them in themselves are not what is called unclean spirit. But what happens to them? They open the door toward unclean spirits. That's why many a times when you see uh, so children that are sexually molested at a young age, it's not their fault. You see a child sexually molested at the age of five. At the, age of, the child doesn't know anything. But because of that action, a door has been opened into the life of that child. The soul of that child has been captured. God will make a way out in Jesus' name. We are talking about unclean spirits. So these actions, it does not start with the spirit. But the action opens the door to the unclean spirit. Notice one thing. How difficult it was to cast the spirit out. The Bible says that spirit tore him. It did what? It tore him. If there's anybody that is captive under that spirit today, the Lord will set that person free in Jesus' name. As the Lord will set the person free in Jesus' name. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in word, in power. The kingdom of God is in power. The kingdom is in the demonstration of the authority and power of the living God. That power will manifest in your life in Jesus' name. That amen has only one leg. I say that power will be demonstrated in your life in Jesus' name. So Jesus taught with authority. That was, that's, that's the first thing we need to take note about concerning the teaching ministry of Jesus. Number two, Jesus taught in different locations, each with a meaning. Jesus taught where? Different locations. And each of those locations, there is a reason. There's a meaning to it. 
The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Matthew 4, 23 and 24. Says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. Now, go back to that verse 23. Take note of one thing there. What was he doing? He was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing among the people. The teaching ministry, the preaching, and the healing, they do what? They go together. When we started today, I said, in the place of worship, you can receive your own miracle. While the message is going on, you can do what? You can receive your miracle. I remember a woman of God by name Catherine Kuhlman. Many of us have heard her story. And I know many of us don't know anything about her. But we are made to understand that, I mean, all through her adversities and whatever it is, one day she stood up, she was preaching. Or rather, she was teaching about the Holy Spirit. And as she was teaching, somebody just raised up her hand and said, yes, ma'am, and she was such a, she had a very gentle spirit. No, 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 I mean, no, no, no stress. Somebody raised up her hand and said, okay, while the message was going on, I said, yes. And the person just said, as you were preaching or as you were teaching, what happened? I was healed of so, so, and so, that was the first healing in our ministry. Somebody has raised up her hand. Me too. As we were preaching, I, she did not pray. She was not even talking about healing. She was talking about the Holy Spirit. God began to move and touch the people. God will touch you today. Amen. God will give you your own testimony. Amen. He will give you a new song. Amen. And his name shall be glorified in your life in Jesus' name. And so, verse 24 of that passage says, His fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torment, and those that are possessed with devils, and those who are lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. Whatever be your infirmity in the house of God today, God will heal you in Jesus' name. I say, God will heal you in Jesus' name. So, what are some uh, examples of places where he taught. Number one, he taught in houses. He taught where? In houses. In houses. When you go to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, we're not going to read it. Mark 2, 1 to 12. The Bible says, I mean, the story that was in there, he was in a house, he was teaching, and they brought a man that was sick with palsy. And they wanted him to, talk, to heal the pan. But there was no room. No place by the door to bring him in. So what did they do? They went to the roof. Made some pathway through the roof. And brought the man down. And the first thing Jesus did. When he saw him was to say. Your sin is forgiven you. And then a controversy. How can this man say somebody's sin is forgiven? He said well. I mean. Which is easier to say. To say your sin is forgiven you, or to say, rise, take up your bed and go home. He said that you may know that the Son of Man has that authority to forgive sin. Has that authority changed? Does he still have that authority? I want to tell someone here today your sin is forgiven you. Yes. Some people don't even believe it. Yes. I say your sin is forgiven you. Yes. Because the blood of Jesus, 
that blood, this potency has not changed. That blood cannot be exhausted. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose. It reaches it to the highest, and it flows, and it flows. To the lowest valley, the blood, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never in that house at Capernaum. Jesus taught, he healed, he set free, he forgave sin. That was in somebody's house. He can do the same in your house. And he desires to do the same in your house. Your house should be a place for the presence of the living God. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says from verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might. That's the condition. If he would not just teach in your house, but heal in your house, set free in your house, and make your house a house that the devil will be afraid of, you must do what? Love the Lord the, your God with what? All your heart. And what? All your soul. And what? All thy might. All that you are. All that you can be. All that you have. Used to love the Lord. And then he said, this word which I command you this day shall be in your heart. But that's not the, 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 where it ends. Verse 7. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. Tell somebody to teach your children. Brethren, it's our responsibility. We must teach our children. He said, and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Every time in your house, talk of the word of God. Tell somebody, talk of the word of God. That's your responsibility. Remember we said these children are what? They are the heritage of the Lord. They are the ones that will carry this, this, I mean, this gospel after you are gone, if Christ tarries. Jesus taught, healed, delivered. Everything he did outside, he did in some people's houses. He can still do it in your house. He will do it in your house. Miracles will flow from your house. In fact, he will make you a source of miracles in your house. Your child will run to your room and say, oh, I had a nightmare. And what do you say? You put your hand on that child and say, in the name of Jesus, I command that nightmare to go in. And, and, I mean, I command the effect of the nightmare to be canceled in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. A woman of God was, was sharing her testimony. She had been having some terrible dreams over a long period of time. And she prayed, she bound, she unbound, she, she did everything. The dreams would always do what? Come back. And then one day in the place of prayer, the Lord told her, go and tell your husband. So all this while she had been fighting the battle alone. 
It's not as if her husband was in Nigeria and she was in Canada. They were living where? In the same house, in the same room, on the same, and on the same bed, and she had been fighting that battle. And she went and told her husband. And her husband just said, that dream will not come back again in Jesus' name. He said, she said, she herself was disappointed. Because what was she expecting? Her husband is a pastor. So the man should uh, demonstrate. Tell somebody demo. Well, pastor did not demo. He just said, that dream will not come again in Jesus' name. That was the end of that dream. She never saw it again. There are some battles we are fighting by ourselves that we, I mean, we ought not to be fighting. Simply because some of us, maybe we have taken over the place of our husbands in the home. Or maybe the husband himself has what? He has abandoned his place in the home. We say he's the priest of the home. And when was the last time this husband of a man called the family together to read the Bible? In fact, when was the last time this husband of a man read the Bible in the house? The only thing he will fight everybody for in that house is, can you, somebody guess, what is it? <laughs> he will fight everybody in the house for that. But prayer, he doesn't even know how to pray. But you know, either you know how to pray or not, it's your... Tell, look for one man near you. One man, not woman, man. And tell him it's your responsibility. <laughs> tell him you can't escape it. <laughs> when you take your place, things happen. You see changes. Jesus preached in the house. He gave us an example that your house can be a center, a place for the spirit of the living God. A place to demonstrate his presence and his power. Number two, he taught on the mountain. He taught where? On the mountain. I mean, that was that. You see that everywhere in the scriptures. In Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11, he saw the multitude he went up into a mountain. Matthew 5. 1 to, 1 to 11. Actually, the whole of Matthew 5, 6, and 7 was taught on the mountain. He began to teach them. He began to teach them. You know, all these blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. All those were pronouncements made on the mountain. And these days when we say we are going on the mountain, what do we mean? We are going to pray. We are going to pray. Brethren, lazy Christianity will make you not to pray. That's why you don't be lazy. Brethren, I want us to make heaven. How many of you want to make heaven? If you want to make heaven, there's no shortcut. To. Do you realize that? There is no shortcut. Ain't no shortcut to making heaven. You must be ready to pray. You must be ready to study the word. Studying the word takes time. But even start with reading the word. Some of us here today, we read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 on January 1. 
Isn't that wonderful? January 1, Genesis chapter 1. This is December. What's today? You are still on Genesis. And the plan was that you wanted to do what? Leave those people that say they want to read five chapters a day. Or those that want to read ten chapters a day. That's their own assignment. You, read how many chapters a day? Just one. Tell somebody just one. Now, ask the person, is it too much? One chapter of the Bible a day, which means by the end of January, I mean, you are almost through Genesis, but you are not yet through Genesis. And you know when you decide to read one chapter a day, there are days that you, this story of Joseph is just so sweet. I won't stop in one chapter. When you get to Leviticus, then you need to be disciplined. And say, okay, I'm going to read how many? Just one. When you get to Psalm 124, 125, and what I say, it's so easy. I can only read 10 chapters. Just one chapter a day. And you are still on Genesis. Please ask your neighbor, why are you still on Genesis? He taught on the mountain. He taught, number three, he taught at the seaside. He taught where? At the seaside. I think we are, going to, we are going to stop there. He taught at the seaside. When you go to Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 14, the multitude came to him. He was passing by the seaside and he taught them. Jesus was always happy to teach. In the process, in verse 14, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. That's Matthew. And he said unto him, follow him. And he arose and followed him. When you go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, he was teaching by the seaside. And there were a lot of people. And he wanted to just push a little bit into the sea so that he could address them all. And he rented uh, Brother Peter's boat. And that was the beginning of Peter's transformation. Because by the time he was through, he knew what Peter had gone through. He knew they had fished all night and caught nothing. Maybe you are here today. You have fished not just all night. You have fished the whole of 2000 and, and you've caught nothing. It's not too late. Tell someone it's not too late. You can still get a catch in the next two weeks. That is more than everything you will have caught this whole year. Receive it in Jesus' name. I say receive it in Jesus' name. Jesus did it for brother Peter. He used his boat. And by the time it was over, he, the, the cut was, I mean, is it cut? The catch was such that the boat was sinking. They needed their other people to come and help them. Even those people's boats too was filled. Brethren, it's not impossible. God can still do it. And God will still do it. Yeah. Now, I'm looking for just one person that will give a boat shattering testimony between now and the end of the year. If he finds you a faithful partner, if he finds you a faithful partner, he taught by the seaside. Brethren, every time he taught, his teachings were accompanied by miracles. That is our God. You will have a testimony in Jesus' name. In the things that God is doing this season, you will not be left behind. 
What they said unto him and what we are looking at is what? Lord, do what? Teach us to pray. I want you to go before the Lord by yourself. You have a prayer point. You, you, you have a prayer point. I don't, I'm not giving you any prayer point. But you have a prayer point. God has spoken to you this morning. He has challenged you. Or is it this afternoon? Oh, take that prayer point to the Lord. He's here today because of you. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here right now. He's here, he's here to meet your needs and to set the captives free. Oh, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here. Jesus. He's here right now. He's here. He's here. And to set the captives free. Oh, Jesus. Father, I pray for your children this day. Every prayer point that has been brought to the throne of mercy, Father, you will answer in the name of Jesus. Every prayer point has been brought to the throne of grace. Answer in the name of Jesus. You are the God that answered by fire. In the lives of every one of your children, Father, prove yourself in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Is there anyone in the house this morning who is not born again? You are here, you've not given your life to Jesus. And you want to do so. He's the best teacher you can have. He can guide you. And like we have demonstrated this morning, he doesn't just teach. The Bible says the kingdom of God is, is, is with what? Is with power. When he teaches you, you become powerful. You are no longer a weakling. Peter had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. The Peter that was afraid of a maid could not stand before the king of the land and say, this Jesus whom you kill, the faith in him has raised up this crippled man. That is the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Are you here? You are not born again? And you want to do so, you want to raise up your hands, we are going to pray together. Or maybe you are watching online, and you want, to, you want to say, today, I give my life to Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. Anybody? Father, we thank you. As many as are saying, today is my day of salvation. Father, you will accept them. Lord, you will receive them. Write the names of these ones in the book of life and let your name and your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.